0: welcome to the podcast. I'm Caroline. And I'm Kristen. So back in 2009, Kristen, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, made the decision to add women's boxing to this year's London Summer Olympic Games. And before this, it had been the only sport reserved for men. So now we're all equal. Yay. Story over. Kind of. Kind. Well, okay. Yeah, not really. There actually is a debate raging currently about women's boxing and basically should women engage in a sport whose main purpose is to inflict damage on the opponent and that we might even possibly knock them unconscious
4: that does not sound very ladylike caroline
0: it sure doesn't we might sweat (sighs) how what i know it shouldn't be
4: allowed uh well one one note though one historical note Women have boxed at the Olympics before, one other time, at the 1904 St. Louis Games, which was the first time that the men's boxing debuted at the Olympics. Uh, but women's boxing was relegated to a display event.
0: Well, they were actually both display events, but after the display event, they were like, Hey, men, come on. Yeah, and the women cool. the women, just, just keep being the little sideshow act that you are. Could you go make us some sandwiches? <laughs> Exactly, but it actually it, it has so much more history pa- or beyond uh, 1904. Back in the 1720s, the first staged women's prize fights took place. This was in in England, and in addition to punching and kicking, women could maul and scratch their opponents. Ooh! So it was more like just like a a cat fight in the ring instead of true boxing.
4: And then female prize fighting happened in 18th and 19th century European fairgrounds and in exhibition halls. But then in the 19th century also, uh, people started clamping down on the sport. They were very uncomfortable with seeing two women in the ring. And for that reason, it was prohibited in many U.S. states and in Europe. And it was officially banned in Britain, for instance, in 1880. But that didn't hold back Barbara Buttrick, a Yorkshire-born fighter <laughs> who um, was one of the, those early renegades.
0: And let's not forget, in 1876, Nell Saunders and Rose Harland got in the ring and duked it out over a silver butter dish, because, you know, what do women need with a cup or a medal? Um, and what is considered the first women's match in the U.S.? So they probably maybe inspired Ms. Buttrick. Yeah, because uh, then in the late 50s, in
4: 1957 to be precise... Barbara became the first female boxing license holder. Um and she was in Dallas, Texas, and she fought the second female boxing license holder, Phyllis Kugler, uh, for the first women's world championship.
0: And I think it's worth pointing out that that Barbara was just ninety eight pounds and four foot eleven. Whew. She was a little spitfire. Tiny. Yeah.
4: So then fast forward to 1993, and women's amateur boxing is finally integrated into the rules of the U.S. Amateur Boxing Program. And then 1996 is a pretty huge year for women's boxing because of a bout between Christy Martin and Deirdre Gogarty, and Christy Martin won, and she became the face of women's boxing and actually made it onto the cover of Sports Illustrated, thus marking the birth of modern professional women's boxing in the U.S. But the funny thing is, if you go back and read that Sports Illustrated story interviewing Martin, she could not give a hoot about women's boxing. She liked boxing. But women, no, no, no. She says, I'm not out to make a statement about women in boxing or even women in sports. Uh, I'm not trying to put women in the forefront. And I don't even think this fascination with women in the ring has much to do with that. This is about Christy Martin. Oh, well, hmm. I mean, yeah. Quite a quite a fighting spirit there. Um but the whole profile of her just hammers home this thing of oh yeah, she's she's a boxer, so in that way in the ring she's you know, knocking out all these stereotypes. But at home she's married to her coach and she really likes to cook him dinner. For instance, they include this quote from her saying, If my house is on fire, I want Mike Tyson carrying me out, not Christy
1: Martin. Snag a job is where America goes to hire
4: Well, so big first for <laughs> professional women's boxing, but uh, Christy Martin could care less. And then in 1999, we have the first European Cup for women's boxing and the first world championship for women is held not too long ago, just in 2001.
0: Yeah, and speaking of 1999, there was this New York Times article talking about how the trend in women's boxing wasn't so much that all these women were coming, coming out of the woodwork to compete and go pro, it's that they were all coming to gyms to get in shape. Right. But... Through this whole exercise trend, actually, a lot of the women who went into exercise came out champions. Mm -hmm. Um, And that in that same New York Times
4: article, they interviewed one of the coaches who pointed out some gender differences among some boxers. Uh, He told the Times that women are easier to train than men because they are more relaxed and not... As macho. But then he goes on to point out how women boxers do have more fragile psyches. (laughs) Quote, you can't scream at them like you would with a man, even though sometimes I really want to.
0: Oh, those troublemaking women. Um, one of the women who went into a gym, this was, I believe, in, in, uh, New York, Long Island, maybe, it was Kathy Collins, who is originally from Georgia. She dropped 101 pounds in the course of her very strict exercise regimen, and then turned pro. She won the first women's pro boxing match ever held in Madison Square Garden, and her fights have been on pay-per-view and ESPN and USA networks. And she, she loves the sport, and she said that it really gives you a sense of strength and a greater sense of self.
4: But here's, here's the, the, the latest controversy that has come up. Cause we'll get back to the Olympic stuff in a second. But, November 2011, we've just been, we've been slowly but surely making these strides, getting more women in the ring, toughening up, going into those, those all-male gyms, not giving a hoot. No hoots given. No hoots given. And then, in November of last year, The Amateur International Boxing Association has this brilliant idea that female boxers should put on skirts. Because
0: why not? They're women, right? They should be wearing skirts. Maybe they should be barefoot in the ring, too. Well,
4: their argument was, how else are you going to be able to tell? If, you're t- if you flip
0: on a on a boxing match, how else can you tell if it's a woman up there? But uh, a question that, that I had when I first... I said it out loud, why? I said it out loud when I read this. And actually, a bunch of people commenting on the articles about this topic said the same thing. Why is it so important to distinguish female boxers from male boxers when you're watching it on TV or whether, you know, even if you're a spectator in the arena, is it not just about the boxing? And so all these issues come up about discomfort with the lack of gender division or obvious gender division, um, discomfort with women entering a traditionally male-dominated sport.
4: Following this this announcement, the skirt fiasco, um, The they held the European Championships in Rotterdam, and only two nations, Poland and Romania, decided to uh, have their boxers wear the skirts in the ring, um, and the Polish coach told the BBC, by wearing skirts, in my opinion, it gives a good impression, a womanly impression. Wearing shorts is not a good way for women boxers to dress. <laughs> So much ridiculous there in that statement. <laughs> right. And then, um, on the heels of all of these complaints, not only from female boxers who are like, what? I'm not going to wear a miniskirt and also outrage from the public. The president of the Amateur International Boxing Associ- Association said, after we hear about its comfort and how easy it is to compete in the uniform, it may be compulsory. So he's, he's trying to argue that skirts are just an easy breezy <sighs> kind of thing that you can just toss on and go
0: just hop into the ring no need for sure (laughs) you sound like a makeup ad (laughs) um yeah well an aba or excuse me aiba spokesman recently came out and said that oh well we never we never intended to make them mandatory after the president had said that they could become compulsory depending on people's reactions to them and on february 13th of this year boxer tyresha douglas was quoted by sports illustrated as saying we're women And women should be wearing a woman's uniform. I mean, women can wear shorts, but it's boxing. We need to look more feminine. Under the headgear, you don't know if it's a man or a woman if we don't have boobs. We're women, and we need to let people know we're women because you can't tell. But not surprisingly,
4: Tyreisha was... Very much in the minority. There have not only been some amateur boxers who have headed up a change.org petition to get the Amateur International Boxing Association to abandon this skirt plan. Um, others have just spoken out in the press against it because this decision, um, has followed quickly on the heels of the, uh, the trials for the Olympics. So there's been all of this, focus on women's boxing lately, and the skirt issue keeps coming up. And so far, Teresha Douglas is the only person I've heard who is really outright in favor.
0: I found, uh, well, world champion fighter Mary Calm, she's uh, from India. She compared female fighters to female competitors in sports like tennis who mm-hmm. wear gender-specific uniforms. But, I mean, I think it's stupid in tennis. Yeah. Why, I mean, why should a female athlete have to wear a skirt? Why can't she just wear what is comfortable or what her coach wants her to wear, you know? Right. What and does it, it matter? It just seems with something like
4: boxing, too, skirts just don't. It's clearly a thing to f- feminize these athletes, mm-hmm. and it's not It's not that necessary. For instance, Jarrah Hodge over at Gender Focus put it very well when she said, um, the attitude is clearly persisting today, this idea of um, a team of Foxes, not oxes, which was a quote from the 1960 U.S. women's track coach. Um, and they, she says that it's clearly persisting today as many female professional athletes report feeling pressured to act and look feminine outside of sport in order to compensate for their masculine strength. And what better segue then into the gender dynamics of boxing? Because according to some sports scholars, Boxing is the ultimate egalitarian sport if you're a guy.
1: (laughs) Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, Tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker.
3: To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.
4: Because once you get up in the ring, it doesn't matter your class, your race, all well, your weight and size obviously will will play a role, but once you're in the ring, it all all of that goes away and you have one opponent and one mission and that is to take him down.
0: But when you toss a woman in there, everything goes topsy-turvy. Right. Um some researchers went to an Australian boxing gym and talked to talked to a bunch of people but really focused on interviews with three men and three women at this gym. And this was a, a study in qualitative sociology from fall 2004 called Suffragettes in Satin Shorts: Gender and Competitive Boxing. And it was interesting, they pointed out that competitive boxing can be studied productively as a paradoxical gender regime that simultaneously enables and constrains how women, quote unquote, do gender.
4: Mm -hmm. Um, There
0: was one
4: scholar that they quoted um, as saying, raw aggression is thought to be the province of men as nurturing is the peculiar province of women. The female boxer violates the stereotype and cannot be taken seriously. She is parody. She is cartoon. She is monstrous.
0: Yeah, one guy the researcher talked to said, boxing isn't a female sport. Women are feminine. It's in the society. It's probably not right. They've got breasts that are going to get whacked.
4: Although, uh, they have done research on whether or not female boxing endangers our breasts, uh, specifically whether or not it could, um, uh, cause breast cancer down the road. No risk. Your breasts are
0: safe. Yeah, boxing is pretty, it's a pretty safe sport.
4: But the very fact that that safety issue is one of the first things that people bring up when they talk about women's boxing as opposed to men's boxing which we have you know just accepted as yes a little bit more more violent and aggressive sport but it's not i mean it's not something that is on the forefront of our minds it seems like and that's one of the reasons why these uh this gender issue with boxing is is really fascinating because people are so uncomfortable with the idea of women punching at each other
0: right and some of the guys in the gym that these researchers went to were just they, they were they were totally uncomfortable with women who came into the gym on a regular basis it's one thing if maybe you bring your your steady girlfriend or your wife in there somebody who's not going to try to distract you with her her feminine wiles but yeah for the most part women in these boxing gyms were considered to be distracting or weakening to men
4: well and I think that this is um, one of the reasons why this Olympic women's boxing landmark is is such a good thing, not just because it's opening up that final sport to women, but because a lot of the coverage that I've seen of the, the boxing trials, which are now over, has been really positive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really... Painting these, these women as athletes is really strong and diverse and compelling, not terrifying and monstrous and parodies of mm-hmm. themselves.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're just strong athletes. Well, s- with that said, should we look at who the winners of the boxing trials are? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Starting off with Marlon Esparza. She's the flyweight. She actually, had to gain six pounds to fit into to fit her small frame into the really strict weight classes that the Olympic Committee approved. So they only approved weight uh, three weight class divisions for 112 pounds, 132, and 165, which has actually caused a lot of concern uh, about women either gaining too much, losing too much, or dropping out. Uh, Esparza, like I said, gained six pounds, and she postponed college because she had her sights set on the Olympics. And... Coincidentally, her last bout happened to be against Tyresha Douglas, oh, who we mentioned earlier.
4: Who was pro skirts.
0: Pro skirt. Hmm. Just just throwing that out there. Well,
4: in the lightweight division, we have Queen Underwood, who was a favorite going into the trials. And then there's also Clarissa Shields, who is the middleweight.
0: Caroline, Clarissa Shields is 16 years old. That's amazing. Yeah, she's a high school junior from Flint, Michigan who started boxing at the age of 11 to make her imprisoned father proud.
4: Yeah, there is a really touching NPR story about, um, about Shields and her Her boxing journey, Mm -hmm. if you want to give it a lesson. But the thing is, the journey does not stop for these three women, even though they, they made it through the trials. They now have to go on to the world championships in China, where they have to finish in the top eight of their weight category in order to qualify for the full Olympic event in London. So three w- women to pull for. And you pointed out that they, you know, the IOC boiled it down to the, the three weight classes mm-hmm.
0: for men's boxing. They've got 10. Yeah. 10. Uh, and Coach Christy Halbert said that about 3000 women register as amateur boxers in the U.S. in 10 weight classes. And she said that keeps the sport safe and to make it fair to celebrate the diversity of the human body. And so the Amateur International Boxing Association is actually lobbying the IOC to get more women into the 2016 Olympics. There's also one
4: quote from Queen Underwood's coach, Bashir Abdullah, that I wanted to point out because it fits so nicely in our conversation about gender and boxing um, because initially he was very uncomfortable with the idea of coaching a female boxer, which kind of reminds me of Clint Eastwood and million dollar baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he said, I didn't want to see women in this sport, which was based on his religious beliefs, but he also wanted to keep his job as a boxing coach with the U S army. So he adapted when the army's world-class athlete program accepted women. And he was very glad that he did. And he told NPR there are great athletes in this women's sport. They are more focused, they're coachable, they're more determined, and they're more disciplined than right. male boxers.
0: Right, which echoes what trainer Tom Malloy said that you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. that women are better at learning how to box, I guess.
4: Although Malloy did follow it up with how we might cry if yeah. you, you yell at us too hard. We're
0: fragile. Mm-hmm. We're fragile, fragile people. Well, somebody else talking about uh, Queen Underwood that I like this quote, U.S. boxing coach Z- Joe Zanders was talking about her and said, Queen can hurt you. Queen is a killer. She has a nice doll-like smile, but you can't take that seriously because she has some dog in her and she will get after you. It's great. Embodying, you know, both ends of those, uh that, that
4: gender dichotomy yeah. that everybody harps on so often, mm-hmm. you know? Queen Underwood, man. She's knocking them out. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of knockouts, mm-hmm. we have talked about, you know, the violence associated with boxing, but... The IABA, the same association that wants to put these women in skirts, according to 15 years of data, they have shown that women's Olympic style boxing is safer than men's. And compared to other sports, women's boxing is
0: incredibly safe. Yeah, and it has a very low rate of concussions and hand injuries and pretty much no rate at all of lower extremity uh, injury,
4: And uh, not to mention that the female athlete has a more flexible neck, less shoulder and neck musculature, and less upper body strength than the male athlete, which means she might not pack as hard of a punch, but she might take one a little bit better than the dudes. Um And just to hammer home the point of the safety of women's boxing, according to a study from Australia, it is much safer than... Pony riding, (laughs) polo, touch football, even cricket and soccer.
0: Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. But um, that study by the AIBA actually pointed out that, you know, and we already know this, that boxing is an excellent workout. That's why all those people are going to boxing gyms to try to get fit. For the average 140-pound woman, it burns nearly 800 calories per hour compared with riding a stationary bike at 650 calories per hour and jogging at 900. But women are protected. They wear a leather groin protector. They wear hard plastic cups inserted into a sports bra. And they wear, depending on the weight, they either wear 8-ounce gloves for women up to 140 pounds or 10-ounce gloves for the heavier women. And, of course, amateurs wear... Headgear, too. So they're in a safe sport. They're getting fit, and they're they're protecting themselves at the same time.
4: But the one big restriction, women out there who are thinking about boxing, if you are pregnant, oh. you are not allowed to box. Although there was a pregnant curler in the last Olympics. But I guess, you know, curling is a pretty low-intensity sport. Yeah,
0: low-contact
4: sport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I remember seeing there was, it was like a big, splashy headline, like, pregnant Olympian. Oh, she was curling. Nothing against curlers out there.
0: Or pregnant women. We're pregnant curlers. <laughs> right. We like all of these people. But pregnant
4: boxers, no, that is just a risk that should not be taken. Right. Um, so yeah, three awesome athletes to keep an ear out for as the Olympic trials continue to China for those world championships. Uh really
0: hope that they will place so that we can see them in London this summer. So let's hear from any of our listeners who do box. Male or female, but you know. Mostly female. (laughs) I want to hear if you got involved uh, in the sport because you want to fight or if you want to get in shape. Or if it was intimidating walking into... That Boxing Gym. Right. Did you have to deal with a lot of angry stares from men who you were clearly distracting? Did you have a Clint Eastwood-like coach to help
4: you along the way?
0: Yeah, someone surly who came to love you.
4: <laughs> Let us know all of these things. at discovery.com is the email address. And I have a letter here from Justina in response to our episode about gendered toys and those pink Legos that are causing such a kerfuffle. She writes, I have no problem with petitions and putting pressure on companies to not overdo the gender thing, but I believe the key to successfully mixing it up with toys is parenting and what you model at home. My husband and I have one daughter and one son, and when they were little, we had toys from all over the gender spectrum for them to play with. But it's not enough to simply place your kid in a room full of toys. You, as the parent, need to spend some time playing with him or her. And if your little girl is building a Lego house with her mom, she is learning that women can build. And even better, our kids saw and still see mom repairing electronics, doing computer setup for the home network, and also cooking and doing embroidery. Their dad also cooks and cleans and is the go-to math and physics tutor. Mom takes care of chemistry, social studies, and English essay critiques. So thank you, Justina.
0: And I have a correction here from Julie, and this is actually a correction we've received uh, from several people on our Facebook wall. So it's good to it's good to point this out. Um, she says that I listened to the Tattoo podcast recently and realized that you said in the Bible Rebecca was married to Abraham. In fact, she was his daughter-in-law married to his son Isaac. So thank you. I'm glad we could finally lay that to rest. Yes. Um, So if you have any
4: boxing stories, random thoughts, corrections, anything at all you'd like to send our way, you can get in touch with us myriad ways. MomStuffAtDiscovery.com is our email address. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. And you can see what we're doing during the week on our home website, HowStuffWorks.com.
2: Be sure to check out our new video podcast,
4: Stuff from the Future. Join House of Works staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The House of Works iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes.
2: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready, are you? This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be
3: boring